0: And welcome to That Gabby Roslin Podcast, part of the ACAST Creator Network. My guest this week is the wonderful actor Jimmy Akimbola. Now, his documentary, Jimmy Akimbola, Handle With Care, is so moving and so beautiful. You can catch it on Tuesday, the 1st of November, 9 o'clock on ITV. And of course, if you're listening after the 1st of November, you can see it on the ITV Hub. It is beautiful he's a wonderful man i do hope you enjoy this chat don't forget you can keep up to date by following and subscribing please to the podcast where a new episode is released every monday leave us a rating on the apple podcast app and whilst you're there why not leave us a review we love to hear your thoughts now on with the show Jimmy, what's so lovely is to actually sit opposite you because I've interviewed you yeah. down the line. But this is, I get to see this is you. It.
2: In person. You can't be in person. No, you, you know? really can't. So thank you for having me on. And it's an honour. Opposite the gaps. Oh,
0: <laughs> you're uh, a man of so many talents. I mean, you're now, you know, you're Mr. Bel Air. I mean, there you are <laughs> in Hollywood. You've got this extraordinary documentary that we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. You make uh, the the quiz shows on TV.
2: Yeah, sorry I didn't know. I know. Yeah,
0: um, and I did know.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love it. Uh, love yeah, it.
0: and you've got your own production company, yeah. and you've been an actor for years, and people mm-hmm. think of you comedy actor and straight actor as well. Okay, wait. You choose where shall we start? Where Go on, you we choose. You where shall we
2: start? Why don't yeah. we start with the the documentary? you okay, know? Let's do that. I think so. Mind uh, blowing. You know, yeah. You know, handle with care. It's something I've been thinking about for quite a few years. Of, you know, I've never sort of uh, been public about sort of my journey, and uh, it's not that I've been ashamed about it. It's just personal. You know, it it's just is, personal. It's and, and the
0: documentary is extraordinary. So let's explain. Uh, this is it's it's your life. Yeah, it's how you were uh, brought up it's by the family that brought you up your foster family who were white but it goes back to the very very beginning and it it, i have to say watching it i there was never a moment where i felt heartbroken i just felt like i wanted to hold your hand does that make sense yeah no
2: it does it does
0: um i mean you're you're you, when you were very young, do you remember? I know you tell the story in your documentary about when you were very young, but do you remember going through that pain with your family?
2: I remember tiny bits, not really the pain, but I remember being a little bit in a children's home. I always, I've got a memory of me drinking orange juice in an orange cup and a digestive biscuit, um, and then and some kids, other kids around, and then I it jumps to I'm in a flat with my biological mum and then my foster mum and i'm in between the two of them
0: so you oh know? you remember that i just yeah i yeah. do
2: i do you know and um and then there's another jump and i we're not in a flat anymore we're in a house in east london in Plasto, canning town and i'm surrounded by you know my foster family and then my family it, and, and that's the norm and then what helped me From a young age, I always knew exactly what the situation was, if that makes sense, in terms of my mum, my biological mum, Eunice, would come and visit me me every two weeks. So there was that sense where, oh, I'm I'm with this family and then I'd be reminded when my mum would come and visit me, you know? So
0: what was that like, though? Because they were your... So these were your, then they were white, Yeah, yeah. They were a, a black child uh, um, fostered by a white family, mm-hmm. uh, two boys and a girl, yeah. and we get to meet them. Mm-hmm. Thank you for introducing us to all of the family as well, because as a viewer, it, it's so intimate. It really yeah. is intimate. Oh, but, but how did you feel for your biological mom to step in? Were there times where you thought, please don't, because this is my family?
2: I always yearned for that connection with my biological family, yeah. you know, and it yeah. sometimes was difficult because I felt guilty because I've got this loving white foster family that's doing everything for me, you know, raising me well, but I still missed my biological family. So, uh, but that they created a space that I was able to, to love my biological mum and be with my mum Eunice, and and actually I enjoyed it.
1: It was oh, you just did. joyful
2: because they got on as well. I'd be like, Mom, do you want a cup of tea? Mom, do you want a cup of tea? You know, they'd be sitting down together in the kitchen or as a, we'd watch musicals together or TV. It was really easy. And actually, you know, I think a couple of t- tough moments, the confusing moments is where, you know, my, my mom was, uh, she could be a strict Nigerian woman, you know. And so there'd be times where if I was doing something or I hadn't, you know, sort of comb my hair as well as it should have been. <laughs> she would take me upstairs, and I would get this, what I call like a a snippet of how it would be if I grew <laughs> up with my mum or my mum and dad were together. In terms of you know, we don't we're not going to allow this to happen. You need to do this, 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 <laughs> this, this, this. And I remember I'd be crying like, ah, why are you doing this? And and it was different different ways of bringing up your child. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, it was joy you know i think i think that's the pe- a good word yeah joy joy yeah okay yeah the difficult thing i think were the gaps the gaps of not seeing my mum because my biological mum suffered from uh, schizophrenia and sometimes she was not well she might have been sectioned and then the gaps of my siblings and my dad that was hard. And the social services would be like, oh, you can't see your brother and your brothers or your sister. Or, you know, your dad doesn't want to see you. Being told that when you're like five, that's six, pain. seven, that's that's That's, that's, that's pain. pain. That's pain. But when you're a kid and you love so much, you know, this unconditional love that my family, the Crows, gave me, that it, it landed, but then it would be washed away. And I call it in the back drawer. You know what I mean? Because I've got so much love yeah. around me, you know? And so I i don't think I would always completely process that pain, you know? I think somehow I developed a way to pull it somewhere, you know? And I think it helped because I had so much love and care coming my way. If I didn't have that, then I think I'd be staring at that. And I think, you know, things would have gone a different way.
0: What was it like being a black child in a white family? Did mm. you feel different? I get the feeling that your family didn't make you feel different and yeah. they felt that you weren't, you know, that you had different colour skin. Yeah. And of course you're not different. Mm-hmm. But y- years ago, yeah. you know, I I can imagine, and I hate the fact that I can imagine, that people weren't understanding of this. Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, in the home, in some ways, I never felt different until... Maybe I'm watching the news, you know, uh, or reading the newspaper, uh, you know, about certain issues that normally would have things to do, you know, issues about race, you know. Right, okay. uh, only a few occasions like that. But the majority of the time was when we would leave London and go out on trips to Broadstairs, Hastings or Devon. And suddenly I really felt completely different by really by yeah because it's the way people would look at me you know people would look at me and look at us as a family you know and it, it made me feel uncomfortable oh i'm
0: sorry i just this yeah just yeah. i'm sorry it really upsets me
2: yeah it was it was hard and we talk about in the dock and it's that thing of where i don't want to bring it up because i know my family love these trips and it's a I knew what it meant to the family, but it was really hard. And I would get a little bit in London, but not as much because London's London, you know. But mm-hmm. you still get a few uh, sort of looks and whatnot. But it was so much more diverse, you know, in really London. You know, you could you would see mixed race families and whatnot. Um, But yeah, that was the hardest part. And um but what I loved about my foster family is like we wouldn't. My mom wouldn't ignore it. My mom and dad wouldn't ignore it. You know, it's not that we had these deep conversations, but they talk about there was no manual, and my mom says oh, I didn't do anything. I just, I just loved you. I just brought you up. But actually, <laughs> in everything that they did, my like stuff like sharing influential figures like Sidney Poitier with me, and my mom, even in like you know in her forties, knew what that man represented to to black people and to the world. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And she was introducing that man to, my, to me on purpose. Or she'd be telling me, oh, Chris Akabusi, he's like you. He's I know, and he's in the documentary and, he's in the doc- and Ian's yeah, in the documentary. Yeah, but these little things were about uh, helping me with my identity and, yeah, and knowing absolutely. myself. You know, it wasn't oh you're different, you're one of them. It's like Oh no, no, no I get but, that. But They're saying like, look, look what you can do as well. Do. Look at yeah, look how amazing all these people are. And they would do that, you know. And uh I remember watching stuff like Roots, you know, like watching Roots. Yeah. And my dad's trying to watch the racing and my mom's like, No, he has to watch this. Like that that was really She like, sounds
0: a good, that was, good yeah, woman. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. They they she is and the whole family is, you know, and um I think I talk about it a lot. If I wasn't introduced to things like that, if my foster siblings didn't have black friends, and if I wasn't in a uh, a diverse area, it would have been really different. Um, and I think I would have been a different kind of man. And I think sometimes when I meet my mixed race friends, I feel like I've had that kind of upbringing. You know, I've had enough of my my culture around me via my family, via my uh non-blood family as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? My Nigerian yeah. friends, my Jamaican friends, my Asian friends. And I and I think uh my journey has shown me that family isn't just blood. And I, I am the man I am today because of of my environment growing up that was that had so many amazing people in it. And um
0: have you been to Nigeria?
2: I have. I've been to Nigeria once and uh I should go again. It's been tricky just because when I my mum's side of the family. There's not many of them anymore. I don't really know them, and the few that were around were my dad's side of the family. And uh, and so the one time I went, I went to see the side of the family. I got to see where my grandma was buried, and there's, there's a street named after us, I can ball a Street. And oh wow, yeah, it was it was amazing. You was
0: obviously amazing. have a photograph of you standing I under do, that street sign. Good, I'm I do. pleased to hear it, it.
2: Yeah, it didn't make the dock, but I do have that. <laughs> I, do, I do have that. But at the same time. I think there's a sense I've not been able to really lean and connect because of the difficult relationship me and yeah, my father have had, you know, yeah. and, um, and, and yeah, I do want to go and spend more time in Nigeria. And, uh, it's quite interesting. Like my, my middle names are Bamidele and Ola Tukumbo. Oh, you you know, see, I
0: love what beautiful, beautiful uh, names. Thank you. What do they mean? And the do loose have... meanings
2: are like, uh, return home with me and bring wealth from abroad. So Yoruba in the culture, when you are born, your names are normally uh, given to you around your circumstances, you know? And so being a British born Nigerian, you know, uh, I think these names are perfect, but also perfect in terms. I am an actor, you know, my name is global, but also even doing this doc, some of the people that I'm talking about now are not here anymore. And I just feel like I am honoring my name and I'm, and I'm doing this as a love letter to 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 both my families and especially those that are not here anymore you know
0: well congratulations on it as i said it it it's beautiful it's very personal yes i i i did have tears in my eyes but for the right reasons thank you thank you um i it really is something very special as there's there's this moment uh, a shot of your you with your foster siblings on a bench and there's a, a cut I know I know you made the, the, the documentary but there's a shot of your hands on the bench and that has stayed with me oh, there's that you. shot it's just thank you it's, it's this beautiful moment I, I recommend yeah. everybody see it and actually a very one of my oldest friends um, this is his story as well and he wasn't um, I mean he loved his uh, adopted family so much but he wasn't in London wow. and he was looked at oh
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: you're you're, you are different you know it's all of that yeah
2: it really is a different experience if you are not from london you know um and i think a lot of people ask me what are you saying and i'm saying like unconditional love is really important but i'm like education is important as well And where we are now you if you're pointing someone with a family that's of a different race there needs to be a high level of education from that family and the environment needs to support that child i am saying that you know Uh, i'm not just saying because anyone with anyone anywhere no no because it's really hard you know it, it's important
0: you know, to learn about where we come from yeah, really yeah. you know I, and also if we can talk about diversity because of course you make um the the show for i t v two as well mm-hmm. the the quiz show and a lot of the things you do are about diversity and I think diversity it's funny that a lot of people now don't want to talk about it because they felt it was too talked about but it's important to keep that conversation going you and i've had the the conversation on on radio about it
2: i agree with you i agree with you and i think you know coming back to handle with care like i didn't want to this just to be uh black kid with a white family story. This it's story not. is universal. It's no, it's, it's universal, yeah. it could be anyone. And yeah, yeah. During the documentary, we met people like a, an Indian family that uh, adopted a Nigerian girl and uh, and also uh, a, um, a black family that's uh, fostered some white kids. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's universal, it's a global story. It's not just a story that should be out on Black History Month, you know, it's much bigger than that. But within the stories we want to tell, my production company, uh, Trifles Productions, it is in the DNA of everything that we do, you know. Even if you look at the game shows, sorry I didn't know, the diversity inclusion in that is that you've got female captains. Yes. It's not we've got black female captains, even though that is a thing they're the first, but it's got we've got no, female. female captains. Yes. When you look at all these male dominated or white male dominated shows that, you know, you never see a woman being a captain or you've never seen, you know, I call myself the black Stephen Fry. You know, you don't see a guy like me in the chair, but also it's about the content. The content is about black history, but it's all our history, right? You can't talk about history in schools and then not cover this whole Absolutely. area that, that that just almost erases, you know, even when we think about the war, I've grown up watching war films with my foster family and, yeah. and you know, yeah. Pride and Prejudice. It's like, It's like, what? We weren't around. Of course, we were around. But like, our stories are not being told. Without getting too political, if if you've not if you've not been told the full extent of history, then you will have certain thoughts about certain people, immigrants, and da da da. But if you knew your history, it would make sense why certain people are here and you would maybe divert that frustration elsewhere. Surely but, we should just be you know?
0: open and warm. We're getting too political so we'll leave it. Leave it. it. <laughs> but oh my God, this government, now let's, that's it. Hand end of that bit. Yeah. Um
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: ah um so congratulations on the documentary thank um you. obviously we have to talk about the acting as well so we've mm-hmm. talked about um are you doing more of the quiz yes oh, we good. just good, uh, good.
2: did a season three of uh, sorry i didn't know congratulations. so i was able to fit that in. so right wow.
0: okay so we're gonna have jimmy the quiz master we're gonna have jimmy the documentary maker and I, everybody has to watch it that's how good it is and i will be sharing it everywhere i can thank you no 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 seriously congratulations thank on you. it um Let's talk about. You know where I'm going now. <laughs> Let's fly over the water to sunny America, and now we land in Bel Air. I'm in. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Yeah,
2: I'm I'm living the dream. I'm Are becoming, you really? I am. We all grew up watching this amazing show, right? I, I remember. I don't. I remember watching Home and Away. Singing that home and away, yeah. I can't sing their name, <laughs> I wasn't gonna say bump, that. Bump. And then at 6 p.m., you switch it over to BBC Two, and it's like, This is a story. All about do you know that. every word? No, I don't. So <gasps> I'm not gonna do it. I don't, I don't. Sorry,
0: I my don't. kids. So, my kids, every single word they weren't around that time the first time, they know every single word, and it's, they're shocked. I don't know it.
2: It's crazy. I know. I think I've got audio dyslexia or something. I don't know. You must know a bit. I, do, uh, this I know is the, story. the story all about how my life got flipped upside down and I'd like to take a minute and just sit right there tell you how I became Jeffrey of the new dramatic yes! version of the yes! Fresh Prince yes! of Bel-Air yeah. But
0: but um, tell everybody how you got it because I, I know the story but they yeah. might
2: not uh, well you know I was having a year of getting close to some really big things and you know you're the guy you're the guy and then it goes somewhere else and then the, when I got the email about auditioning for Bel-Air it said Jeffrey and like mid fifties. I was like, I'm a young man. I was <laughs> like, I, I've I play characters. I can do stuff like Crackhead Mick or, you know, Valentine yeah, with yeah, Idris yeah. in the long run. But I was like, no, I'm not gonna I can't do fifty-five. I'm tired. I'm going to hold out for something else. And then America was like, no, 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 no. They really want you. Ignore the age. They want you. So I I was a bit sulky about it. I said, if it's more than three pages of dialogue, I'm not going to do it. I opened up the the attachment. It was like two and a half pages. I was like, okay, I can learn this easily. And it was one of those things, Gab, I put on a three piece suit. It was a random hot sort of uh, (laughs) a July day. And I did the self tape. And then suddenly I fell in love with it. I was like, really this is so me yeah i just oh felt my like, god see that i feeling. just i just was like i can do this i know this character and um and so i got i went from nah, i'm not really bothered to really wanting it and then um i didn't hear anything one of my best mates in la he got like a produce producer session to audition again so i was like well, if I'm not going to get it, you're going to get it. I'm really happy for you through gritted teeth. <laughs> and I love him. Anthony Barrow, fantastic actor. And then out of nowhere, I get an email when I wake up one Thursday morning saying, Jimmy, from my agents in America, they want to see you tonight. And I was like, that's so unfair. I've got a really busy day. And my agent was like, do you want me to push it till Friday? I was like, no, let's just do it. Let's just do it. But I rushed back to, because I do my self-tapes with my niece, Fola Evans-Akambola, who's in uh, the British version of Call My Agent, 10%. And I got to her apartment about 8.30 and the audition was at nine. I'm sweating. I am sweating. I look like <laughs> a mess. But I got myself together and then I put on the Zoom because, you know, it was still pandemic. Yeah, And um, I could see the producers and they're talking to me. They're like, all right, let's go. And as soon as they said, let's go, I couldn't see anyone. So I could just only hear them. So I'm like, wait, guys, you want me to audition, but I can't see anyone. They were blaming me. Have you done something with your phone? I was like, no, this is not my first Zoom audition. So I had to do the biggest audition of my life without seeing the person I'm acting with, you know, and they were crashing on my lines. The director was giving me notes, but because I, I couldn't see his eyes. I was like, are these all negative notes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I can say to you Gabby, give me more swag. You know what I mean? But if I can see your face, it's like, oh, yeah. you're happy with what I'm doing. Or it could be like, you know, Gab, you're looking a bit stiff. Go loosen it up a bit. So suddenly I got in my head and I just felt like I was messing it up. And uh, and then we got to the end of the audition and they was like, do you want to do it again? I was like, no, I'm good. <laughs> and then I said, okay, let me do one more version and I'll just, you know, throw everything at the wall. And I did that. And then I was so upset. I remember emailing my team going, look, this is, probably the worst audition I've ever had. I'm not being an OTT actor, but it was bad. Uh, The signal was out. I couldn't see people. I was in my head and I was sweating (laughs) a lot. And then I let it go I let it go. I really made peace with sometimes it goes that way. And then out of the blue, I get a call like two weeks later, and my American agents like, "Congratulations, you're playing <laughs> Joffrey." And I was like, "I'm like Joffrey. I didn't go up for Game of Thrones." I'm like, "Oh, you mean Jeffrey? We say Jeffrey." She's like, "Oh, sorry." And then yeah, tears of joy, Gab, tears of joy because just wonderful. It's it's the job I moved to, you know, sort of like living in between here and LA four or five years ago, and uh, and it's also the show, the full circle of our conversation that for me represents uh Inclusion and diversity. Yes, yes. Do you know what I mean? That show was a hit. You know, for everybody, to no matter where you were from, how old we you were, it was an iconic show. And so, to be playing the iconic character Jeffrey is a dream come true. And the biggest thing about it for me also is that Fresh Prince of Bel Air is based off of a care story. You know, Benny Medina was adopted by a white foster family in America, and they created the fresh prints off of his experience but because of the lack of black stories on tv and the black middle class they turned it into the banks family a black family and now i'm in the story that represented my own story do you get know what i mean it's yes. a beautiful thing you know I so what's it like to,
0: to be in it
2: be okay be...
0: so what's it like to be a star now in america because this is you're living the dream oh yes, I, <laughs> that was adorable i wish people could see you actually yeah. you blushed and yeah. you did that oh she just yes, said it yeah, yes i said, said it. it
2: what is it like Ah, <sighs> it is like what is it like
0: okay give me like what's your favorite thing to eat do you like cake chocolate
2: Ate it, you know. Savory what? ice cream. I, my favorite thing. I love apple crumble okay, with so, ice cream.
0: So is it apple crumble and ice cream? It's that f-
2: that first bite. You know, Oh-ho! fresh out the yes! other apple crumble and Jimmy, ice cream. Yes. It really is. It really is. And why? Why, why, why? Why? Because you know, it's it takes a lot of guts to to bet on yourself. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, why are you? why are you spending time in America? Why did you leave? Holby? And, you know, and to back yourself with like, I don't know, a year's worth of money in your back pocket. I wasn't invited to the US. I just knew that uh, there was more to me than what the UK was offering me at that moment in time. And so it's such a joy to be go like, oh, this job represents that move to America yeah. for me. You but know? it's
0: pretty. Do you know what? We all have that, don't we? It's that, see, I told you I could do it. Yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. not that, nin, 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 it's not that. It's wow. Yeah. I, and yeah. for you as well. Yeah, it's yeah. that moment. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I could yeah, do it. Yeah. When did you and know you could do it? It's I mean, how long ago? I don't just mean the American part. Yeah. yeah I mean, the whole of Jimmy like that we all know. Yeah. The acting, oh. the producing, the all of this. When did it come to you?
2: Um, The acting part, I just saw it as because I started off in comedy, I just enjoyed making people laugh. So I was like, oh yeah, this is not hard. This is fun. (laughs) I can be silly. And then I had to go to drama school to realise, oh, it's more than just making people laugh. And actually, I I do love drama. And so I think during drama school, I realised, oh yeah, I can do this. I I had a natural ability, but now I've got the technique. And then I think with the producing and stuff, with our, our production company and the events, that, that, that was a surprise. You know, that, that was a bit about owning your, your power, your personality. I realized I, I create experiences. I'm good at bringing people together. I, I've worked with a lot of people. I, I spot talent. And it's like, it suddenly twigged. I was like, oh, that's, that is a bit, like a, a bit like producing. You know what I mean? And also there's that selfless part of me that I know what I can do and where I'm going, but I love helping people. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's because of maybe because of I was fostered because I've had people, You've had people do things you. Yeah. for me over the years. And, and it's really interesting. Fraser Ayers, my business partner with the production company, you know, he's mixed race. His wife is white. And so we get told, oh, we're a black production company, but we're. Our world is much more nuanced and diverse than that, you know. And if you see the. You're our a production events, company. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're That's production it. a production company. Yeah. Production company. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, and so it's just a joy to work and move in a certain way, you know, because you representation knew... is important to me. Yeah, but you knew. But I knew I could do you it. You knew you could do it. I knew I could do it. I don't know. I just sort of. I could see the gaps. I could look at other people going, but they're a bigger profile than me. Why are they not doing it? And I felt like I couldn't just move in a way. I was talking to my partners like about this, that just being an actor, I wanted to be a, a bit of a a game changer, you know. I wanted to disrupt the norm of how things work here in the UK. And so did Fraser. And and when you are working in the industry, we realized that we were like insiders outsiders. You know what I mean? We could what be on a production and go we can see what the issues are, what the problems are. And actually, we're good at translating. You know, we like, like the next Michaela Cole, we, we, we're good at going, look, you need to write a bit like this or this is what they mean when they say that. And and also we realise that it's about access. If you can create a bridge of access, that's great. But there's a lot of people that don't want to do that. It's like one in, one out the the system so hard so hard to be successful that you know I'm gonna close there's some people that close the door rather than leave it open and I think if you look at sorry I didn't know the opening door is like we give a platform to all our top top different types of comedians out there you know or if you look at uh, handle with care it's this is my story but this it's, the subject's bigger than me. You know and i'm I'm praying that it, it opens the door for more conversation. I'm hoping it will inspire people to adopt or foster. I'm hoping that the 12 year old version of myself that will inspire them and realize that they can have a life even though they're coming through the care system it, it, that their their starting off point doesn't have to dictate the future, you know what I mean and and, 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 and that's the way that I am with with my with my creativity and with my work you know you're paying it forward yeah 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 and 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 i'm really passionate about it and as i've always been like that and as you learn and you grow you just realize oh it's about owning your power it's about being your authentic self and also it's about allowing yourself to to be vulnerable as well i think you know it's quite easy just to do one-to-one thing <laughs> and not spread yourself so much. But I think even again, bringing it back to the doc, what I loved about it that you had grown men and grown black men, actually, you don't see that, see that often on TV being vulnerable, you know, and and, and that, that's some that's a through line uh, of the documentary. And, uh, and I think it is all about the journey and growth and leaning into sort of difficult conversations and, Realizing that on the other side of that, good things can happen.
0: You you get to spend time with. We we mentioned already Chris Akabusi and Ian, but Chris was somebody. I mean, so there you were, right? So you're in you're in a TV show yeah. that you watched as a child. Yep. You're meeting your childhood heroes. Yeah. Let's go to the That Pinch Me. You yeah. know when you were that young boy watching. Yeah. Fresh Prince, looking at Chris Akabusi, seeing um, Ian Wright, you must just be like, look what's happened.
2: You're right. You're right. And so much more is still going to happen. And so much more. So much more. So much more. I mean, if I'm honest with you, the last. Four or five years has been ridiculous so without like name dropping. Go name, you know. name
0: drop, name drop. Go, go <laughs> now.
2: Well, look, I, I just I've been working with Brenda Blethin, yeah. you know, uh, you know, like you said, Lenny Wonderful. James, Chris Akabusi, uh, you know, love Lenny, uh, Ian McKellen, Ian. you know, Dustin Hoffman and uh liam hensworth <laughs> okay, jason can Sibakis, i come to that
0: party please? you know it's it's crazy yeah of course you with hannah my lovely friend hannah waddingham yeah, yeah love she's hannah amazing. she's yeah. a goddess and
2: ted Lasso. yeah and ted it's her Lusser. moment and then i'm like wow it's been an amazing year and then i'm meeting will smith and uh and that was a surreal moment it was I had to pinch myself multiple
0: times. <laughs> I love that. Multiple love that.
2: times. And and yet knowing that we all got co-signed, I was one of the first uh, cast for Bel-Air, you know? Uh, and uh, and I remember getting a message from one of the producers saying, Will loves what you're doing. He loves, these kids love you. Jada loves you. And it's just like, wow. And he was so open and giving when I met him on the premiere. And um and then the other side of that is meeting Joseph Marcel, you know, so we played the original yes, Jeffrey. Yes. And already I he played my father in Death in Paradise. And so I remember it was a moment gap. I was in Guadeloupe. It's one of those jobs, all actors love it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Whether they love the show or not, you know, I love the show, but they love it, you know. And we're on the beach together, and I was like, Joseph, does this ever get, you know, a bit old? A bit he's like, no, dear boy. He's like, no, dear boy. It never gets old. I love it. And we're both there on a day off by the beach uh-huh. together. And I think I got a picture that I post on Twitter. and We're both pointing at each other in our white vests. A few years later, how crazy is it that, that I'm is... playing his yeah. character? I you love know? that. It's just, it's just, it's just beautiful. It's meant Jimmy, to be. Jimmy,
0: so much is going to be happening for you because you're just open to it all. And I think that's, you know, that, because I, I, over the, 35 years that I've been doing this and the people that I've interviewed you know the ones that stuff is going to come to because you're open and you're ready and you want it to come to you but also like I said you're paying it forward Mm. you're a good man oh Oh my god I'm so excited for you you, I'm so excited for you Um, Jimmy what makes you laugh what makes you properly belly
2: laugh Uh, really 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 good comedy. Really so
0: what's really good? comedy? Okay,
2: really good comedy. Uh, I would say, well, like, I, I grew up watching stuff like The Fresh Prince, you know. You're gonna, have, uh, you're, you're not, not yeah, allowed yeah. to mention okay, that one okay, no! okay, okay, okay. Ricky, you know, uh, Ricky Gervais, you know, okay, yeah. you know, like his stuff can really make me laugh out loud. Um, I think, uh, people like uh, Chappelle, I think people. Gina Yashere, <laughs> she's a great uh, female UK yes, stand-up comedian. Um, I'm trying to think. What have I laughed out loud most recently? What really got me?
0: You've got a great laugh.
2: <laughs> you know what? Growing up, with my foster brothers, we wa- they would watch films like, like Eddie Murphy films. You know, uh, Steve Martin, Richard Pryor. They would laugh at the scene and then rewind it. And laugh at the scene as if they would just watched it the first time and i think that had a massive impact on me you know i i love seeing people crying of with laughter. yeah me you know too. but also i think it also made me go yeah i want to i want to be able to do that i want i want to be able to make people laugh and and like see my big brothers like cackle with laughter i was like That's that's beautiful, and I love feeling that. Do you know what I mean? I love feeling that when I watch certain comedies and stuff like that. And um, it's the
0: best feeling. Laughter is the best medicine. Yeah,
2: yeah, it is. It is. It is. And yeah, and some random things will make me laugh as well. I just, I'm just, I, I, I'm. I would rather laugh (laughs) for the majority of my days than just. Moan and be quiet. You know what I mean. It's yeah, such a good too. feeling. It's such a good feeling.
0: Oh, you're lovely, Jimmy. Thank you so much for being on this. And Thank and you. continued. Good luck with it all. And uh, so, when will we see season two of Bella? So
2: season two of Bella is coming out next year, sometime. Okay. Maybe maybe March. Okay. Yeah, oh, maybe okay. March, not April. too long to yeah, wait. Yeah, not too long to wait. And then yes, yeah, uh, Handle with Care is coming out before the end of the year. Perfect. Uh, yeah. And sorry, I didn't know is in October. And, and can I think you
0: tell me about anything else.
2: The Tower, we did, I've just finished uh, filming The Tower, season two, and that should be coming out maybe January next year. Uh, So we're
0: going to be jimmied. Uh, <laughs> we are going to be Jimmy'd. Ah,
2: ah, ah, ah. I don't know if you can say that can yeah, you say Why? you
0: yeah, Can you not? Is a it rude is a I rude? don't know Okay, <laughs> I'm, only joking, yeah, I'm only joking I'm, I'm, I'm sure we're going to be Akinbolad a- a- a-
2: can- I like that. I like that Is that I like better? That. I like that
0: yeah,
2: We're like going to be Akinbolad can- Akinbolad bowl- season Okay Good That's good Yeah, And
0: I'm sure you're going to be Producing other stuff as well Yeah,
2: yeah There's, you know I'd like You know, in terms of this Handle with care I feel like we would like to create a format with that and tell other stories. We care, yeah. You know what I mean, yeah. You know?
0: But also, there's a drama of the, but there's a movie.
2: There is, there is. You know, I.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm not telling you that no. there is, but no, ma- no. now there obviously is. <laughs> I guessed. Okay. Well, good luck with that as well, Jimmy. Thank what a pleasure.
2: You. Thank you so much Thank for you. having me. It's pleasure's mine. No, it's Seriously. mine. No, it's, mine, mine. Mine. it's mine. mine. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed my chat with the very lovely and very gorgeous Jimmy Akinbola. Now, you can catch his documentary, as we said. It's called Jimmy Akinbola, Handled with Care. That is on Tuesday, the 1st of November, 9 p.m. on ITV. And if you're listening to this after that date, you can watch it on the ITV Hub. Coming up next week, MasterChef's very own Greg Wallace. That Gabby Roslin podcast is proudly presented to you by Cameo Productions with music by Beth Macari. If you wouldn't mind, could you give us a like, a follow, a subscribe and please leave a review? We read them all and love to see what you've got to say. See you next week. Yeah.